Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. All right, folks, welcome in to Pickaxe and Roll, brought to you by our good friends over at Superbook Sports. I'm your host, Ryan Blackburn at NBA Blackburn on Twitter, part of the Mile High Sports Podcast Network, and I am excited to discuss last night's Denver Nuggets win as the Nuggets defeat the Charlotte Hornets final score, 111-93. It was not that close. Uh, This was one of those games that you're not going to remember for obvious reasons. You're not going to remember down the line. This wasn't a signature win. This wasn't a dominating win in all aspects. This was a get-through-the-regular-season kind of win. And Denver did it in the way that they knew how, uh, which was to kind of get through the first half, see where things stand, and then get ready in the third quarter to cook. Uh, And cook they did. And we can talk about all of that. We can talk about what led up to that. We can talk about... Uh, Ish Smith in his return. We could talk about Aaron Gordon in his return. That was a positive thing for sure. Uh, I'm your host, Ryan Blackburn. Make sure to like and subscribe the YouTube video down below. If you're listening on the YouTube side, if you're listening on the audio side, make sure to rate, review, and subscribe to uh, the audio side, the, the Apple podcast, Spotify, Google, wherever you get podcasts, pocket casts. If you're a if you're into the apps like that, um, thank you everybody for tuning in. Thank you everybody for stopping by. I uh, hope everybody is having a good Tuesday. Uh, schedule for this week: I am going to be recording live Tuesday night or uh, today, Tuesday morning, Wednesday night, kind of at like the 8 p.m. range. Then I think Friday morning. I debated between Thursday night after the game and Friday morning, but Thursday night is going to be. It's going to be a late game, so may not have the right mix there, but we'll probably go today, Tuesday, then Wednesday night, Friday morning, and Saturday morning weekends with Swipa. So make sure to be on the tune for that would be greatly appreciative. All right, let's get into this game. Let's talk about what happened. This was a not great game. This was one of those ones that, like I said at the top, you're not going to remember this one for it being awesome for it being a beautiful performance. This game was tied at 49 going into halftime. And the reason why it was tied at 49 was because uh, Murray was aggressive. He was good. He kind of slowed down with his efficiency in the second quarter. Wasn't as efficient as he was in the first quarter, uh, but was going right at Ish Smith and doing a good job of it. Jokic was passing well, uh, but when he saw that Murray was getting aggressive, when he saw that Murray was kind of trying to take over the reins there. He's like, sure, here you go. That's fine. You can you can absolutely do that. And Jokic did not take a shot in the first half until the very, very end of the half. Uh, that was on a an easy roll to the basket where uh, nobody just had any chance of stopping him if he got up the layup. Um, 
But Jokic was passing well. I don't want to take that away from him. He had a tip pass, a tap pass to the corner to Peyton Watson, kind of a one-timer that he's had before. It was a sweet pass. If you haven't seen it, go look it up. It was great. And like he he continues even in these segments, even in these these pockets of time where he doesn't shoot, he is still a positive player as long as he's like locked in on the defensive end. And I thought he was. Like Charlotte had 49 points in the first half, and the the starters weren't the issue there. The starters were actually just fine in the, the amount of points that they were giving up. Uh, Nick Richards had a good game himself, uh, Jokic's direct matchup, but I don't think that that was necessarily something that Jokic was doing wrong. He was in good position. Sometimes Richards just hit a good basket, and that's fine. That's that's all you gotta. That's all you can really ask for from a defense perspective. Uh, but the rest of the team did a pretty good job defensively around what Jokic was doing, and Jokic kind of manned the paint a little bit, did a nice job, and. There was no problem with Denver's defense in the first half. There was no problem with Jokic's passing in the first half. It was just the scoring. He just didn't really feel like scoring, and it opened up some things for a lot of other guys. But I think a lot of people were kind of rubbed the wrong way by it, especially some folks in the crowd that I was hearing. I think a lot of people were like, ugh, kind of doing this thing again, kind of doing this thing where Jokic doesn't really want to shoot. And that's fine. Like, I, I think everybody understands. It's January 1st. It's against the Charlotte Hornets. Nobody's like, caring in in that situation that's that's perfectly reasonable but uh Jokic still got it done he still helped out and then locked in in the third quarter after getting hit with a t uh getting hit with a tech right at the end of the second quarter he was not happy with Nick Richards pushing him in the back on a rebounding opportunity bounced the ball very hard caught it and then shouted at David Guthrie I believe call the fucking foul uh, I think you could hear it on the broadcast. I was in the arena, so I didn't hear that aspect of it. But clearly he earned it. Clearly that's fine. And maybe it got him going because he had 11 points in the third quarter. Denver really locked in. It was great to see. Uh, Michael Porter, Jamal Murray, they had been hitting threes. They had been scoring in the first half. But Denver really started kicking it up a gear when Jokic got aggressive. And the entire team as a whole, really fed off of that, I think. You get the third quarter run, kind of like what they had against the Charlotte Hornets in the previous matchup just over a week ago. And they went on a 30-6 to run. 30-6 to is crazy. And that is the second time, basically, that Denver's done that against this team. So if they have that gear, it's just about tapping into it and, and selectively choosing when to go for it. And... You always hear the maxim, great teams win in the third quarter. And I didn't really know what that meant. And I didn't really know, like, why can't you be great in the first quarter? Why can't you be great in all the quarters? Like, what's going on? Isn't the fourth quarter the most valuable one? No, it is the third quarter. And the reason why is for games like last night, where you can mess around. You can screw around for the first half of the game. You don't have to give your maximum effort or anything like that. But the most important thing you can do is... Give a team no hope coming out of the coming out of halftime. And Denver did exactly that. They just turned it up a level, and Charlotte clearly didn't have the energy. I wasn't expecting Charlotte to have the energy just based off of how they've played, based off of the situation. Like they were in Denver over New Year's Eve. They had a couple days off here in Denver, so they were clearly gonna be antsy and wanted to go party. And they also were without LaMelo Ball and Terry Rozier and uh, Gordon Hayward. So 
you miss all of your guys. And they're without Mark Williams as well, who's a very good rim-rolling center in his own right. So, look, like, all the circumstances were for Denver to win last night, and they took advantage of it. And it was nice to see them do that. They had to get it done, and that was the most important aspect was they got the win, and they dominated in the third quarter. They ultimately won that quarter 40-17, to slowing down a little bit on the defensive end, uh, but they still had... It was 40 to 17. Like, what do you want from them? So, perfectly fine. Uh, Denver got aggressive. Jokic got aggressive. And the defense was on point as well. I, I think that that should be mentioned for sure. Uh, Jamal Murray had a steal and a pull-up three in transition, uh, deflecting a pass. Denver's rebounding was very good. They didn't allow a ton of offensive rebounds. Only eight last night. And five of them were guys on the second unit for Charlotte. So, like Nick Richards had two offensive rebounds. Ish Smith somehow had one, but nothing from uh, the other three starters for Charlotte. And everybody seemed to lock in pretty well. Michael Porter getting involved on the defensive glass. Uh, Aaron Gordon had a steal and a block. Welcome back to him. Murray had two steals and a block. KCP doing his normal defensive thing. Uh, just a lot of good stuff from, from Denver defensively in a situation where, yeah, you have to be good defensively against the Charlotte Hornets, man. Like that is... That is a requirement, especially without the guys that they had uh, that they were missing. Uh, any Charlotte Hornets team that doesn't have LaMelo Ball and Terry Rozier on it, like you cannot allow them to score 100 points. And to Denver's credit, they did that last week as well, and they've done it yesterday. So good to see them get that done. Um, I'll talk about the bench a little bit in the second segment, but the most important thing here is that the starters dominated I'll also talk about AG in the second segment, as well as Ish Smith got some good things to talk about from them. So should be nice and good to see Denver get a win. Good to see them. Uh, like, look at these plus minuses from the starters. Jokic plus 27, Murray plus 26, KCP plus 28, MPJ plus 33 leading all starters, uh, leading all players, and Aaron Gordon plus 29 in just 25 minutes. Uh, Denver starters were cooking. There's no doubt about that. And it was good to see Denver do exactly what they had to do in order to get the win. And it was pretty matter of fact after six minutes through the third quarter. So good stuff. Let's take a break. When we come back, we are going to chat about the bench. We're going to chat about some of these other details, including Ish Smith. But first, everybody, this podcast, as you know, it's brought to you by our good friends over at Superbook Sports. Did you know that you could refer a friend and earn a $50 bonus this season with Superbook? They are the most trusted name in sports wagering, and you do not want to miss their refer a friend bonus. All you need to do is click on the refer a friend link in the description of your Superbook app, share the promo code with friends, and you can get a $50 bonus for every single person who registers using your code. So win money wagering and win, win money referring with Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com for terms and conditions. Gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER. We'll be right back on Pickaxe and Roll. Ryan Blackburn here. Thank you so much, everybody, for tuning in. Appreciate all the love and support. 
appreciate it if you could like and subscribe to the YouTube channel. We just keep uh, growing subscribers over here. It's been nice to see that continue to flow in the positive direction. There's a lot of awesome things going on behind the scenes here at Mile High Sports. Anilo Piero continues to kill it. Uh, Swipa obviously is awesome. We've got a video coming out after this podcast between Swipa and I, which I believe is about 2024 for Denver and what to expect and what to expect from some contenders. So uh, keep that in mind. That was a that was a really good piece of content that Swipe and I recorded offline. So you're not going to want to miss that. So uh, set up the, the notifications, by the way. If you're wanting any Denver Nuggets content from Mile High Sports, just make sure to hit that notification bell. You'll, you'll be pinged every time we, we go live or every time we post a new video. So it'll be great. All right, let's go to the bench. Let's talk about Denver basically kind of going from all bench to staggering in this game. And Michael Malone did not want to mess around with it. He's given Julian Strother and Denver's all bench second unit enough reps in order to kind of get comfortable, in order to understand what they do, try to figure some things out. They didn't really do a great job. And especially in that first quarter, or first quarter actually was pretty good. Second quarter, they they were just dead in the water for whatever reason. Um, The bench unit that I'm talking about is Reggie Jackson, Christian Brown, Julian Strother, Peyton Watson, and Zeke Naji. And on the surface, like their their plus minuses, their numbers weren't bad. wasn't wasn't anything crazy. Um, Julian Strother was a minus 14 in his 13 minutes. Some of that was with garbage time. I think he gets minus six of that from garbage time, minus seven from the first half segment that he did. Uh, He's struggled. He's still trying to figure out exactly what his role is. And I've come to realize with Julian that it's just going to be a once every five games kind of thing with him right now. He's not going to be this consistent, awesome, dynamic scorer and shooter every time. Like, it's just not going to happen. And in the interim points, the four other games, or let's say three other games, and then one game will be kind of like average, meh. Um, These three other games, like tonight, or last night, excuse me, he had two points, one rebound, one assist, one turnover, minus 14 in 13 minutes. Uh, It's not good enough production, especially with what Denver's bench unit is. So they are going to have to continue to feed him. They're going to have to continue to play him waiting for the jackpot to hit, waiting for the the cards to hit for, like, if you're a, a gambling person. um, It certainly feels like Denver's kind of biding their time with him, trying to give him, like, these extra minutes, especially in a game like this against Charlotte, where you do not have to worry about the result. You knew it was going to be a win. It was just a matter of how. Uh, but Denver, going with the all-bench group, they they didn't like it. And clearly, <laughs> clearly it wasn't working that great. And I'm not surprised. Like, how could anybody be surprised just based off of the players that are out there and just kind of the general feel? I I don't think that Denver's going to go to an all-bench unit in the playoffs or anything like that. They will stagger Jamal. They will stagger Aaron Gordon. They will try to put themselves into different situations. Last night, they actually staggered KCP and Michael Porter in the second half. And I thought that that was the right decision. Reggie Jackson is good at the one. Peyton Watson's good at the four. And then uh, Zeke Naji was their five last night, and he was fine. 
Uh, the offensive side is just, it just continues to be a mess. Uh, defensively, I thought he was fine. Defensively, I thought he was pretty good. And that's that's why he got the defensive player of the game chain. But he went one of five from the field, got blocked to the, like, the like just completely blocked by JT Thor uh, when on a dunk attempt. He really tried to posterize him, but it didn't work. The only basket that Zeke actually had was a lob that he caught, an alley-oop that he caught on the side pick and roll. And that was, that's not bad. That's something that you could repeat, but it does feel like, like they, they got him out here and I'm not sure how many times they're going to get Zeke out there for games that they really care about. We'll see. Um, Especially like 21 minutes. Like he's, he's not going to play any more than 12 minutes most of the time in a, in a game situation like that. Uh, but Denver instead went with KCP. In the third quarter, he played the entire third. Michael Malone postgame called him a racehorse because he could, uh, he knew that he'd be good for the entire 12-minute stretch, and that was great. And then he went to Michael Porter at the beginning of the fourth quarter, and he said part of it was because they were playing zone, and he wanted his zone buster out there, and Michael Porter's a great option for that. I think that there is something to that. There is something, obviously, to Michael Porter continuing to get some opportunities with the bench. And he got up 17 shots. He led the team in shot attempts yesterday. And he did go 4 of 11 from 3, but so many of those were open. And I think he's probably kicking himself about, hey, I, I should have made a lot of these shots. And I, it wouldn't have surprised me if he went 7 of 11 yesterday, just based off of the shots that he hit, or based off of the shots that he attempted. It didn't go down, but it was fine. He, when he was out there, Denver was playing good basketball, and that's that's what you want to see. But I continue to expect them to try they will try to go to the all bench group but it just wouldn't surprise me if we get more games like this one where you try the all bench doesn't work go to something a little bit more staggered in the third quarter and in the fourth quarter especially in a game where it's a, the result is a little bit more contested unlike this this last this last one so we'll see charlotte was kind of a bad test case for that because I, I think you'd need a better team. Charlotte, just, like I don't think anybody believed that Charlotte was actually going to win last night. It, Denver had to take it seriously in the third quarter in order to get that done, but it'd be interesting to see. Um, it would be interesting to see for sure. Um, see a comment come in here. We could talk about it from before. Uh, Teladan Hogan says, IMO, Jokic is fed up with refs and shows it a description of your... Um, I don't know your what, but uh, in general, I, I tend to agree. He's obviously like, like, I think he's got to manage his emotions a little bit better, especially in these moments like that. And watching the replay of that play, it really wasn't that bad what Nick Richards did. Was it an offensive foul? Probably. Does Did Jokic get called for an offensive foul uh, trying to post up and seal and, and do things in the third quarter? Yes, he did. And like, Jokic doesn't get a good whistle. I, I don't disagree. Uh, but this one wasn't that serious, in my opinion. And there there were definitely, like, this could hurt him down the line. Like, I, I wonder what happens. I don't know how many texts he's actually accumulated in this year, but it wouldn't surprise me if it was, like, five, six, maybe seven. And if that's the case, then, like, you're, you, could be, you could be flirting with 16 texts at the end of the year and being banished to the shadow realm for for one of those games so i i would be a little bit worried if i was denver 
Like he's just got to rein it in just a little bit. I know Denver trusts them, like ultimately, like purely ultimately. There's no questions there, uh, but he's just got to continue to play the best brand of basketball, the most positive brand of basketball that he possibly can. And he just didn't really have a ton of interest in the first half last night in terms of like taking shots and and putting pressure on the rim or anything like that. And then he did it in the third quarter, and lo and behold, they went on a thirty to six run. So maybe he was just saving it. That's fine. Um, bad stream says I can't celebrate the OKC game left a bad taste in my mouth I understand that I do but like Denver was also on the second night of a back-to-back and like I'm one that's uh, likes to credit the other team more than I like to criticize Denver in in situations like that just some as somebody who is learning more about the league from the alley-oop and talking to other folks and understanding that there's a lot of great talent in the NBA right now this is an abnormally top-heavy year for the NBA. There's a lot of great teams right now, especially at the beginning of the season statistically, and OKC is one of them. Like, they just are. Denver's on the second night of back-to-back, and they had played the most games in the NBA, and this was, like, a tough stretch. So, I'm just not going to criticize. Like, they're fine. They, they, they'll be okay. One game against OKC where... OKC was clearly up for it, and Denver just didn't show up. It's fine. I'm not going to stress about it. But yeah, rest of the bench. Let me just go through it real quick here before we hit another break. Reggie Jackson, 15 points, 4 rebounds, 4 assists, 1 steal. 6 of 11 from the field, 2 of 3 from 3. Better efficiency, definitely better, and he deserves some credit for that. I still think of his game as a little bit wild. There's, There's still something erratic about it uh but he did his job Peyton Watson hit a couple threes hit a drive to the rim one steal one block last night in 19 minutes four rebounds one assist did his job as well Christian Brown Christian Brown's plus minus is a little bit interesting he did close the game with the bench and and in uh in garbage time so some of it is there but Nine points, four rebounds, two assists, one steal, two blocks, three of six from the field, one of three from three. He's filling up the box sheet as well. So uh, give him credit. Like he he is absolutely doing some stuff there that that deserves to be uh, like deserves to be lauded. And he had a really nice drive to the rim, a little bit more of a creative drive on the and one that he had. I believe it was in the first half, uh, but I thought that that was a more creative way to do it. And rather than just like driving head first into the into the guy at the rim like this was a a nice finish so good stuff there he also hit a three out of his own so seems a little bit more comfortable and am i missing anybody no i think we talked about everybody uh there was garbage time braxton key was fine uh uh, jalen pickett was fine nothing nothing too crazy there um it's just answer some of these questions here before going to a break. I know Yoke beats to his own drum, taking one shot in the first half. He's robbing the paying customer for some of his money. And uh, are you, yeah, I, I don't know about that. Like he still made some amazing passes. He still made some amazing plays and him not shooting it allowed for Murray to hit some awesome shots. I know that some people just pay for Jokic and whatnot, but I, I can understand him taking his own like pace to it. And like, you know he's not going to do that against the Celtics. You know he's not going to do that against like even the Warriors. Like he's going to play a different brand. So I think he'll be just fine. I'm not. I'm not really really worried. Um, 
I believe Jokic is fed up with the refs calling fouls and creating a talking point by not shooting. The refs should be tracked for who, when, and how quickly they whistle each player. I mean, look, it's I just I, I'm not going to get into this ref thing again because I understand like it, it, when you when you f bomb a ref and you're like, like David Guthrie wasn't like doing anything malicious or anything like that. He was just calling the game how he saw it. And Jokic didn't touch the paint in the first half. So why would he get a free throw? Like, I'm just there. There are there are reasons why he doesn't get calls and there are reasons why he should get calls. And obviously, this is all somewhere in the middle. Last night was not a time where Jokic should have gotten more calls. He wasn't shooting. So I'm just not going to I'm just not going to stress about this. He went six of seven. He was 13, 11, six, one and one. And was a plus 27. This is just not the time to really do this. Uh, the Atlas also asks, will we ever see Hunter Tyson? Yes, we will. He is in the G League right now. He's on assignments. He's getting reps. He's getting opportunities. I don't know when it's going to ultimately happen, but my guess is that sometime around the trade deadline, if Denver does make a deal, if they decide, hey, we we need to open up the rotation a little bit more, if if maybe some guys are not available at times, then... I think that that would be a just a, a decent option. Uh, we will we will see what happens. All right, let's take a break. When we come back, we are going to chat about Aaron Gordon's return as well as Ish Smith's ring night uh, stuff and just how the team has received him. As well as I'm going to ask the question, uh, what do the Nuggets actually need to show? What do they actually need to show in 2024? We will see. But first, this message from me. Final segment here, pickaxe and roll. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you're in the if you're in the chat, make sure to hit the like button. That would be superb. All right, we got another uh, another comment here. CB and Pwat get too much credit for me. They continuously make more bad decisions than good ones. I don't know. Like, I think CB has struggled with the decision making a little bit. Peyton Watson, I, I give more of a pass to. Like, he's 21 years old. He's still figuring some stuff out. And honestly, like, I, I think he's made more good decisions than bad ones of late. Zero turnovers last game. And most of the time, Peyton Watson, for as as much as sometimes it looks like he's making a bad decision, he's actually got a pretty low turnover rate for somebody like him. And and Christian Brown, same thing. Like, he, he doesn't turn the ball over a ton. Denver as a team last night, 10 turnovers is just fine. That is a number you live with every single day of the week. And that's one thing that I can't really criticize Denver for. When their turnovers are happening, it's because Jokic is getting a little bit sloppy. It's because Murray is getting a little bit sloppy. It's because Zeke Naji setting an illegal screen or something like that. Or DeAndre Jordan, same thing. Not necessarily like a ton of bad decisions from a passing or a charge standpoint or anything like that. Although Christian can drive into nowhere. So I, I can understand that for sure. Um... Let's go to, I'm, I'm not going to answer, I, Patrick, I see your I see your comments. I'm not going to answer about Andre Drummond. Sure, he'd be great. Like, whether he's available or not, whether Denver would actually pay for him or not, I don't know. Um, Ish Smith got his ring last night, and that was a lot of fun. That was a lot of fun to see. Denver, a little small ceremony at the beginning of the game. 
uh, right before the national anthem, basically, they said, hey, Ish is back in the building. We really appreciate your veteran leadership. And the entire team surrounded him and basically dogpiled him for a, a, a an awesome celebration. He got his ring from DeAndre Jordan. And there was just a lot of smiles, a lot of having fun, a lot of jokes, and, and it was good vibes. It was nice to see Michael Malone said post game that he loves to see guys get those rings. And he was talking about Jeff Green and now Ish Smith has gotten his. Bruce Brown will get his later this month. And then Thomas Bryant, I think, comes to Denver in February, if I'm not mistaken, late February. But it was nice and it was it was good vibes. Ish Smith. In a Nuggets group chat still with uh, with the team, and there's Denver still got the the 2023 championship team group chat. Like Mike uh, Jamal Murray was talking about that post game last night. He says, "Yeah, we can still talk to these guys even if they're on different teams." Like you ever have an old group chat of people that you like to chat with? And he's right. Obviously, he's right. Like there is a always something that's going to connect Denver, and and they they love to talk. Uh, they love to chat with each other in. in situations like that and they're always going to stay connected i think like winning a championship just does that so good for them good for him aaron gordon returned to the floor he looked pretty good i know that there had been some speculation on all of the things that were happening uh, with him behind the scenes but he had uh, stitches on a shooting hand i think the stitches in his face were taken out before the game i think he was good there that was more precautionary than anything. It was more the shooting hand. And there's a good story that Bennett Durando of the Denver Post wrote about Aaron Gordon's situation. So make sure to go read that if you're interested in some more good content. Uh, Bennett talked to Aaron directly, and that was nice uh, for Aaron to kind of open up about that situation. Basically said, fuck around and find out with his own dog. So he understands. And then he uh, actually, it wasn't, it was kind of his dog it wasn't really his dog it was the dog that uh the rottweiler that his dad takes care of so i had received some um some not so great information on that um and what i mean like it was it was kind of false so uh but as it turns out everything's fine everything's good wasn't as serious i i that i did know it was like hey it was gonna be more one to two weeks and i think everybody was expecting him to be out for a little bit longer than this but he came back sooner and he wanted to be back and clearly uh, the team received him pretty well. So good to see Aaron Gordon back in uniform. He was very, uh, not laissez-faire, but like trying to get his legs back under him, not trying to do anything too stressful out there. And the involvement with him on the court, it wasn't that much. Uh, he had like six shooting possessions, two rebounds, including one offensive in 25 minutes but did have a steal and a block and was staying involved on the defensive end. So credit to him for that. Uh, and the only three that he attempted took it in rhythm, made it looked very good. I wonder if uh, maybe, maybe this just makes him a little bit more patient in those situations, but uh, he was very comfortable and, or at least looked comfortable in those situations. So it was good to see him back out there, obviously. Um, uh, Nick Richards, I want on Denver. Like, that's one more note that I'm going to give here. I know Andre Drummond was listed down in the chat, but Nick Richards is really good. Like, he is an athlete. He is somebody who can protect the rim a little bit. He is somebody who has good touch around the rim and can can shoot some of these tough situations. And he's made some shots over Jokic 
in the past couple of games that um that I was very impressed by. Like contested shots around the rim. You need touch in order to make some of those shots, and he did. And he he made it and looked very good doing it. Grabbed a couple offensive rebounds. Was very involved for what Charlotte was doing, basically setting every screen and diving to the rim, doing everything that he needed to do as a hustle guy, and looked good. Looked very good. So glad to see. Um, I I would be very curious to to see if they could add Nick Richards. That would be like maybe not a playoff caliber addition because you know that Jokic is going to play 40 minutes. You know that Aaron Gordon is going to play the other backup center minutes. But there is something, there is definitely something to having another option because as we've seen with Aaron, hey, a, a random freak thing, a random freak thing happens and if Aaron misses a playoff game or something like that, Denver needs to have other options. And their other options right now are Zeke Naji and DeAndre Jordan. And I'm not sure how much I trust those options, I'm sorry to say. Like, Zeke has just not given me a lot of reason to, get, not given anybody really a lot of reason to trust him to do the things that Denver's asking him to do on both ends of the floor. And those are minutes that they're just going to hemorrhage points. Like, they're just not going to play well. So having somebody in the building that you can simplify their role and say, hey, we're still going to play drop coverage with the second unit. We're still going to play a traditional defense outside of switching. That's going to help Denver in a lot of ways. Like, I, I really do think that. Um, now, whether they actually get it done or not remains to be seen, but I just wouldn't be surprised if I know that they tried with Thomas Bryant last week or last year. I wouldn't be surprised if they go with another center, like just try to find somebody else. We'll see whether they actually do it. Um, last thing here for me. What do the Nuggets actually need to show? What do they need to show in 2024? What do they need to show for the rest of this year in order to prove that they can be a force to be reckoned with? Because I remember last year, and I remember talking about championship habits and showing everybody what they could be to be a championship contender. They needed to have dominant stretches. They needed to showcase themselves. They needed to have signature wins, things like that. They also needed to prove certain lineups and make sure that Jamal Murray and Michael Porter were back and intact and ready to go. A little bit different this year because they've already done it. A little bit different. Like some of the goals are a little bit off. Some of the, the desires that they need to have happen are a little bit different, obviously. I came up with three things, and I'm going to wrap up with this. I think the Nuggets need another go-to lineup without Nikola Jokic out there. And I wonder what that is going to be. Because it could just be the four starters and Christian Brown, or the four st- or the four other starters and like Peyton Watson or somebody like that. I'm not sure what it's gonna look like, but Jokic is gonna sit in the playoffs. We know he's gonna bring in the playoffs. He's gonna be back to 30 points per game. He's gonna be back to 13, 14 rebounds, and he's going to have as many assists as what's needed. Um, The question to me is not what happens in those Jokic lineups. It's what happens in the non-Jokic lineups. And Aaron Gordon might be the center. That's fine. But when you play Reggie Jackson and Jamal Murray together, it's a little bit different, a little bit odd. So I need to see it. 
I need to see that over the course of these next few months. I need to see Denver try Reggie and Jamal together again to see if it actually is going to work. Because what happened last year was Denver decided, you know, we're going to go without a backup point guard. We're going to stagger Jamal with the second unit. And Bruce Brown is going to be our pseudo point guard in some of those lineups. But really, it's going to be Jamal. And it took them a little bit of time to figure it out. But they ultimately did. They figured out, hey, the the lineup last year was Jamal Murray, Bruce Brown, Christian Brown, Aaron Gordon, Jeff Green. And that was fine. That was a that was a good, versatile defensive group. And Denver can recreate that some too. Like you could go with Jamal Murray. You could go with Aaron Gordon. Peyton Watson's going to give you some defense. Christian Brown's going to give you some defense. Who's the fifth guy? Is it Reggie Jackson? Reggie's not really going to give you a bunch of defense there. Going to get a little bit smaller. A little bit less versatile than the Jamal Bruce lineups. Is it Michael Porter? All right, well, that kind of digs into your starting group where Denver would basically play Jokic, KCP, and Michael Porter all the way up until the two-minute mark of the first quarter and the third quarter. And then they would stagger um, then they would stagger Aaron Gordon and Jamal Murray with the second unit, and that worked pretty well. I'm not sure I trust it. And I'm still trying to figure out what Denver does. Because if you play Reggie and Jamal together, you got some different questions to answer, you know? Like, it's just not going to be the same group. So I'm trying to figure out what the goal should be. What they should be trying to accomplish. How they build a lineup that makes sense around whether it's those two. Or maybe they just take Reggie out altogether, but I don't think that they're going to do that. So is Jamal the stagger answer? Is he the guy that you need to stagger? Maybe it's Reggie, Christian, Peyton Watson, Michael Porter, Aaron Gordon. Maybe it's those like those two starters next to the three bench guys that Denver trusts right now. And then you're starting to get some weird stuff with the Jokic lineups, where how do you build a Jokic lineup that doesn't feature either Michael Porter or Aaron Gordon if they're also staggering with the second unit? Maybe it's KCP and Aaron Gordon, and you go like Reggie, KCP, Christian, Peyton, Aaron, and you just leave Jokic, Murray, and Porter on the bench. But like, that's not a lot of offense. Are you going to be able to keep up? It's a good question, right? Like, not sure if it's going to happen. So I am trying to figure that out. I'm trying to learn. I'm trying to see what Denver does. But I have these questions. Maybe Julian Strother loops into it in some way, but it's one of the reasons why I think Denver might be... It might benefit them to try to add a center at the deadline. Because you don't have Vlaco. If Zeke is not going to prove to be an option there, that's going to make things a little bit concerning. So I wonder if they try to figure out what a signature lineup without Nikola Jokic is. Like, what does that look like? Can you piece it together? Or can you find a five-man group that you actually trust? Uh, That is a question that I have. Other two questions. Can Denver get a signature win or two at home versus a great team? I obviously think that they can. Uh, There are going to be some options there. Phoenix will come into town, although they're not a great team. Uh, Denver's lost the couple of opportunities that they had against OKC. 
Can they get one against Minnesota? That's one that I'd be looking forward to. Can they get one against the Clippers? Uh, they already have played the Clippers at home a couple times, so that's probably like reasonable. I think that there's like, I think that maybe they play the Clippers again once in in Ball Arena. So we'll see if they could do that. But maybe it's just Boston. Maybe it's Milwaukee. I remember the Milwaukee win last year. That was a pretty good vibes win. Uh, maybe it's, I don't know, New Orleans. Although New Orleans has been in here a couple times. If I, oh, no, they've only been in here once. So we'll see. I think that there, there are some games that Denver can get over the course of these next few months that if they do win those, that'll be a good feel-good time. And Denver can absolutely look back at those victories and say, okay, Proof of pro- proof of practice, proof of concept. We have gotten some good wins against some really tough teams. And the last one is health. Whether it's Aaron Gordon getting stitches, Michael Porter like getting a little bit banged up. He's got a quad contusion that he played through. Uh, whether it's Jokic just surviving and looking like he's at the best shape that he possibly can be at the end, or if it's Jamal Murray and saving his legs for the playoffs. Denver's got to get healthy. They have to stay healthy. It is clear that if they don't stay healthy, that they won't win. Um, They've got to make sure that as many guys as they can get to the end. And like Denver just has a little bit less flexibility than they did last year with Bruce Brown, than they did with Jeff Green. Like It's a little bit less trust. So you need everybody firing on all cylinders. If you lose somebody, it is going to be pretty difficult to win. So like anybody in the starting lineup, like, hypothetically, if Denver had lost KCP last year, it's harder. Don't get me wrong, but they've got Bruce Brown to be able to step in. If they had lost Michael Porter, same thing. Bruce Brown, but also Christian Brown. If they had lost Aaron Gordon, that would have been stressful. That would have been tough, but they still had Jeff Green. And Jeff Green actually won them a playoff game against the Lakers in, I believe, game three of that series. So there are reasons to believe. There are reasons to believe that Denver needs to stay healthy unless you believe in Peyton Watson and Christian Brown really stepping into those roles. So we're going to figure it out. We're going to figure it out for sure. Um, Yeah, I'm very interested to see. All right, Truth Teller's wiling in the comments. <laughs> He's uh, He is definitely not having a grand old time. Ryan, do you think Jokic on purpose doesn't shoot to bring his stats down and not win MVP? He said he doesn't want to be famous. Uh, it's not weird to not want to be famous, especially with as much attention as Jokic deals with. And it's just his personality, man. Like, I'm, I'm not going to criticize anybody for that. Um, says Jokic doesn't have the mentality of a number one dude and Murray doesn't have the talent. You know who also doesn't have the mentality of a number one dude? Magic Johnson. <laughs> like, Magic was always trying to set people up. He was all, like he was a leader. And so is Jokic, by the way. He's going to lead. And he leads by example, but... Did Tim Duncan have the mentality of a, a number one dude? Not really, but he accepted the responsibility anyway, just like Jokic has done. And I'm just not going to criticize that. Like, everybody leads in their own way, and everybody swears by Jokic. So, like, I'm just not going not gonna to question it. Um, But, yeah, we will see what Denver can do over the course of these next few weeks. I am looking forward to seeing whether they could come up with a signature lineup, whether they could come up with a signature win. And if they can stay healthy, then look, I still think Denver's coming out of the West. I don't have any reason to doubt that. There's no doubt. Like they, they can do it. They should do it. But there are 
some gaps that they have to fill. And there are some teams that they're going to have to figure out some solutions to, namely OKC and Minnesota. Those teams are really, really good. And Denver's going to have to figure it out. They're just going to have to. So we will see what happens, but I'm looking forward to it, folks. That is going to do it for this episode of Pickaxe and Roll, brought to you by our good friends over at Superbook Sports. Thank you so much for tuning into the show. Really appreciate all the love and support on the podcast. Make sure to like and subscribe to the YouTube video if you can. And if you're on the audio side, make sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. Would be greatly appreciated. Thank you so much, everybody, for tuning in. Appreciate all the love and support on the podcast. As always, we'll talk to you guys tomorrow.